Hello, welcome to Breaking Utopia, the audiobook podcast. We're going to continue The Good Bandit today. Let's get right into it. The morning came, and the smoke of the dying fire swept into the sky. Soren climbed up from his sleeping bag and wiped the misty film from his eyes. With his shoulders slouched over in a tired fatigue, and his vocal cords still waking up, he began to kick his sleeping drunkards awake. Come on, you bastards, up and at em. We got a town to prove something, too. The crew grabbed their morning grub and munched on the hard nutrition bars as they loaded their weapons and grabbed the cleanest pair of clothes each of them could find. Not before long, they formed a circle. Who are we? One called out from the thunder of chance. The Republic's enemies, the circle responded in a unifying scream. What will we be? Another man called out from the crowd. The beginning of new history, the crowd wailed back in joy. Zorn and Lexar entered the circle, standing in unison among the rowdy crowd. Gentlemen and women, he began with a proud grin on his face. Today, we give back to a town with the growing boot of Aachen oppression weighing over it. Not two years ago, we were a free village. The Arkans were our government, yet they were never so bold as to enter our town and depose our leaders with their own. We used to vote on our leaders. We used to decide our own sheriffs and our own laws. We have been taken over by people who were never born upon this soil. Today, we make our first major stand. We show them Arminster's grit firsthand. The men yelped and hollered in joy. Lexar raised his hand and swung it towards the forest exit, calling his men to follow. The band of rebels began their march first toward the Crown Road. The Crown Road was the main artery of all the Arkan territory. It stretched all the way south to Lowry and all the way north to Blightham. Most every road in the territory connected to it. Arminster sat on top of it. Sword and Lexar walked ahead of the group leading them down the crown road as if they were generals of some army. Soren carried the bag of taxed coin on his back, as Lexar walked with purpose beside him. Yet both of the men had very different thoughts on their minds as they marched. Soren, Lexar said quietly, as he kept his head straight ahead. Yes, Lex? Soren asked, having no qualm looking to his right side towards Lexar. I've just noticed you told us we were going to spread the wealth humiliate the Krebs and his men and all that, yet you never told us exactly what today's plan was. The well-made rebel pondered shyly. Zorin's eyes widened and his mouth made a sound of realization. Ah, well, Lex, that seems to be because I forgot to make one. Zorin made a small smirk appear upon his face to soften the blow. This was when Lexar felt it appropriate to relieve himself of keeping a purposeful and strong stroll forward and turn his gaze to, again, what the Arkans called that troublemaking pain. And what Lexar was ready to call that buffoon who is sending us to our death. You didn't make one? Lexar strolled closer to Soren, their shoulders only centimeters apart as they strolled down the crowned road, seeing Arminster Town Square inching closer. What do you mean you forgot to make a plan? I didn't think I had to elaborate on the concept of having no plan, 
Soren playfully snipped back. I didn't know certain death amused you so much, Soren. Well, perhaps you should have gotten to know me better. If you did, you would know I would never send my men out to the wolves like this. Soren said as they approached the entrance to Arminster. Just follow my lead and focus on why we're here. The group began their final push before entering the small main square of the old town. The buildings had flair of color to them, as if meticulous care and pride went into the crafting of this square. This only made it more painful for Soren to see them in the beginning stages of disarray and decay. The square wasn't abandoned, nor was it not being used. Yet the buildings that once held a barbershop and a butcher, among many more, seemed to be slowly sinking into the liminal. Soren could see on Lexar's face the loss. It was the face of determination set on by pain, something Storin understood deeply. He spoke no words to Lexar, knowing nothing would help, besides finishing the job they came to do. From a distance, the two saw a small group rushing their way. They came adorned with colors of the Arkan Empire, maroon and gold, detailing their fatigues. At the front of the small squadron was a young man with a very boyish face and a very short, dirty blonde hair, tightly pushed into his cap. Soren took notice at the lack of scarring, noting this man had not seen action and certainly had not been present for the War of the Divide. Stop where you are! The boy cried out, aiming his rifle back and forth between Soren and Lexar. His men quickly caught up, to the excited young man and aimed their weapons among the rest of the rebels. Way ahead of you, friend, Soren said standing casually, tilting his head back to the side in disbelief. Soren didn't know how to take this situation. On one hand, this made his improvisation way less risky, yet on the other hand, this was a young man, already being infected with the Arkan rhetoric. Name and purpose, the young man commanded whipping his weapon back and forth between the two. Him or I? Both of you! Lexa Whalen. I come to help my people. With weapons? If needed. Lexar coyly responded, gaining his own slight amusement. The boy's soldier tried his best to ignore the subtle threat and turned his gaze to Soren, who he could see was more annoyed than anything at this point. Soren stared back at the boy soldier with apathetic eyes. We wield our weapons for the same reason you wish to wield yours, Soren stated. Lexar could tell he must have been plotting some way to deal with this roadblock. It was time to witness his plan come alive. To protect people who cannot protect themselves, and to protect ourselves from anyone who wishes to harm us along the way. I believe you wish to do good with your weapon you bear. Yet, sadly, I believe the people who handed you that weapon don't have the same values as you. Yeah? Why's that? The boy said. Soren could tell his hands began to faintly tremble. Look around you, kid! Soren said with a scoff as he twirled, looking at the empty stores and decaying landscape. You want to protect this town! Don't you? Yes. How can you protect something when it doesn't exist? Soren asked, leaning in to pronounce his point. How do you protect it from the ones above you? 
you let us through? Lexar answered, almost as if he just caught on and was surprised with himself. The baby-faced soldier's eyes went wide. Anyone in the square could easily tell he was in his own mind fully at this time. The young man's mind became a chessboard, and upon it he saw a couple moves he could make. One such move involved him ordering his men to fire a warning shot. Yet he could see that could end in bloodshed, and the young man did not wish to die too early. Another move he could picture allowed him to live. Surrendering and laying his arms down was a good strategy, but would leave him with little respect, and even possibly being named a traitor. His last move was to simply run away. He didn't like many of his moves. This brought him to a realization. He was in checkmate before he even knew it. The young soldier at this realization looked up to see what was from his perspective a demented grin across Soren's face. It was as if Soren knew what the conclusion was for the soldier, as if he was steps ahead of them all. The baby-faced soldier dropped his head down in defeat and laid his weapon on the ground. Lexar was not expecting such an easy end to this conversation. What surprised Lexar more was the young defeated soldier standing up from his gun and marching into the crowd of rebels. What are you doing, kid? Lexar asked as the man began to enter the crowd of rugged rebels. You said it yourself. I wish to protect this town. I wish to see it thrive as it once did. And if I'm part of the problem, I must make up for what I've done. Soren gave Lexar a nod as if to tell him with a bob of his head, this is why we do all of this. And surely enough, Lexar already came to such conclusion. The remaining troops who were moments ago led by the young soldier still held their ground. Lexar could see, though, that their moral was wavering. They were outnumbered, and their lead had switched sides. Worst of all was the fact that the sheriff was still missing. What say all of you? Soren called out to the four soldiers. Your team captain has made his choice. You still have time to make yours. The group stayed stoic. Their weapons kept steady aim on the rebels, and each of them refused to respond. You only get one chance to back down! Lexar called out. Easy there, Tiger. Dialed down the vague threat meter, would ya? Soren quietly muttered to Lexar on his side. I'm sure we can all agree neither party wants this to go poorly, right? Again, no answer behind the aimed rifles. Well, I'll take that you're not firing at us as a yes. At that moment from behind them, they could hear the sounds of skin slapping concrete. The rebels parted and allowed a small, graying figure to pass, being shaded from the sun by a large, towering man behind him. The rebels all began to choke as they fruitlessly tried to hold back their laughter from seeing Colonel Krebs and his bodyguard holding their large bundles of hay below their waist as a makeshift self-censor tool. The colonel's eyes never moved from his feet. His whole being seemed to be turned in on itself, as if he was protecting himself from an attack. The burly shadow behind him acted as his guide dog, keeping one hand on the colonel's shoulder to move him through the crowd. The shamed colonel passed Soren and Lexar without words or even a glance. Soren had been fighting the Arkans for three years now. He picked up some understanding of ends justify the means, but even with that understanding, he couldn't help but feel some sort of empathy for the humiliated old colonel. 
Lexar, on the other hand, was a different story. Looking across the parting at Lexar as the colonel passed, Soren could see the sense of pleasure on Lex's face. It looked as if Lexar was reveling in it, as if this painful and disturbing walk the man and his bodyguard were in the midst of completing was a sort of treasure. It was as if the distributing of the taxes had somehow become secondary to Soren's nominated next leader. Krebs made his way towards the four, whose faces were stuck in an almost catatonic state of confusion and astonishment. The shamed colonel finally found the will to look up from the ground under his bare feet and gave a stern, simple command. Open fire. This command was enough to bring one of the soldiers back to reality. Sir? Open fire, I said, damn it! The colonel lashed out with pure, seething rage. Open fucking fire! Soren took a deep breath. The four from a distance could see Soren had closed his eyes and garnered a gentle and peaceful smile, as if he awaited the soldier's next move happily. The colonel spat at the ground in front of the four soldiers and gave up barking orders, wanting to finally cover himself with something that wasn't a dry plant. As the old man hobbled nervously to his home, the remaining troops pondered on what they just witnessed. Like their young leader before, they began to question their situation. Their own squad leader switched sides. They were outnumbered, and the sheriff had seemed to completely lost his mind. It finally began to seem like a losing battle. They could either die following orders, or survive with their esteem broken. Soon they came to the conclusion. Like any right-minded person, they gave up their weapons for their lives. Quickly they rushed from the scene, knowing that even if they tried to help maintain the crowd, or tried to do any good at this point, it would only rile the crowd more. The townsfolk who witnessed the situation unfold began to call out to the town, as if they were criers of the news. The band of rebels stationed themselves in the town square. Soren and Lexar stood handing out the stolen taxes to the people as they arrived while their men made sure to keep the peace. Soren could see the pure joy on every face that approached. You're the wolf, aren't you, sir? Said a small boy as he approached with a burly old man. My dad says you go all around the territory, fighting off bad guys and freeing people like us. The man next to him laughed and patted the boy on his back, hoping to stop his embarrassment quickly. Soren leaned down and took out a small taxed coin, handing it to the boy. <laughs> Your dad has heard right, son. Mostly, at least. Soren said, tussling the boy's hair. I go around and teach people like your dad how to stand up against the bad guys so they can make the world a better place for you, Soren said, turning to smile at the boy's father. The man gave a nod and mouthed thank you to the kind rebel. As they left, Lexar came up behind Soren with a gentle smile across his face. It was something softer than what Soren had seen earlier. It was less villainous and more joyful. Soren hoped that gesture of ill was only something brought on by the heat of the moment. He wanted to leave it in the past and kept quiet on the topic. The kids, they hear a lot of stories about you, Lexar said as he looked on at the joyous crowd that now began to celebrate in the square. <laughs> yeah, over some time I began to notice. Soren answered, shaking his bag, checking in case there were any leftover coin. I must admit, I don't know if it brings me joy or sorrow to know kids are looking up to an outlaw. They don't look up to an outlaw, they look up to a symbol of hope. 
Soren let out a sigh, tired of such an overused phrase in his life. <sighs> Children shouldn't be yearning for hope. That means they're hopeless. He threw the coinless bag to the side and began to turn towards the road to camp. Lexar began to follow quickly behind. That's the painful truth that follows stories of urban heroes. It comes from a place of sadness and yearning, something no child should experience. Well, aren't you chipper after a successful mission? Lexar sarcastically remarked. Soren continued on, giving a nod to the rebels as if to tell them, heading back, stay as long as you wish. Somehow it was understood. Lexar halted at the edge of town as Soren pressed on. Are you not gonna stay? seems to be very festive. I believe I even saw a man dragging out a barrel of grog. Soren spun around to meet the curious eyes of Lexar and put a solemn smile on. It's time for me to head off, my friend. So soon? We only just won. The fight never stops, and I must see the plight of Huxwell. You know nothing about this so-called plight. You don't even know if it exists. That's why I must go. If something is happening in Huxwell, it will affect all of the territory. I can't let that happen. Soren looked through Lexar and to the joyful people celebrating. Soren wished so badly that he could stay, that he could dance with the happy folks of Arminster, but like a shark, he had to move forward. He had to make sure what the colonel spoke of was nothing more than a rumor. He looked back at Lexar. His eyes were spelling out every fear he had. Lexar, I leave you in charge of this merry band of misfits. Soren said, hoping to quell Lexar's nerves with a smile. You've proven to me well enough that you're a man of action, and a damn good leader of men. No doubt you'll keep this town a free one. Lexar had no more words. He knew none of them would keep the wolf that wanders here anyways. He gave Soren all he could muster, and all he knew Soren wanted anyways simple silent bow of his head as Soren began to turn away towards the road and off to Huxwell, the capital city of the Arkans.